Hi, smiling people. How is it going today? I'm your host, Kish from Smiling Rocks, and thank you for tuning in with us on Talks to Tell. Here, we will have conversations with our guests on topics like health and fitness, eco fashion, and sustainable business. Smiling Rocks is a lab-grown diamond and jewelry brand with an aim to build a chain of smiles through sustainable luxury and giving back to our communities with your choice of charity. Find out more on www.smilingrocks.com. World Environment Day is coming up this week, and such dates always remind us to evaluate what we have done so far to preserve and protect our beloved Earth. Reflecting is one way to show that we actually care about the environment, and the other is to find out how we can support nonprofit organizations that are working day and night on the missions to protect our planet and the communities we are living in. Today, we have Andrew Zacharias joining me from Trees for the Future. He is the Deputy Director of Monitoring and Evaluation. Trees for the Future is a nonprofit organization, and its mission is to improve the livelihoods of impoverished farmers by revitalizing degraded lands. It has a vision that sees a world where every farmer has a forest garden on their land as a reliable source of nutrition and income. All right. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Kish. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I know that you are in Ireland. So how is it going on over there? How is the pandemic situation over there right now? Yeah, you know, it's um, obviously not great. Same with a lot of people in the world. Uh, we are on complete lockdown right now. We're hoping here in a couple of weeks we'll have a little bit uh, more freedom to go outside and interact with loved ones, um, get back to work. Right. Um, but right. right now we're all taking it very seriously and just trying to stay home and safe. Yes, that's that's the only way right now to stay safe and as well as make sure that we're all um, taking care of each other. And uh, well, this podcast is mainly on the topic of World Environment Day. And uh, we found no better organization to talk to than Trees for the Future. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much for, for keeping us in mind for this. Yes. So uh, I know you, your background has somehow related to um, what Trees for the Future is doing, and we'd love to know about more about it and your connection with the organization. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Trees for the Future first came on my, my radar while I was serving as a Peace Corps volunteer um, in the East African nation of Tanzania. Um, I was uh, working in a village there for, for two years, um, and part of my work there was environmental education, sustainable agriculture, um, and Trees of the Future was operating in the area, um, doing agroforestry projects, reforestation projects. So um, I worked with them to do a project in my village, uh, and that turned into an opportunity to extend my service with the Peace Corps as a volunteer uh, for Trees for the Future. Um, it's continued for a year and became a full-time job for me, working out of the Moshi Kilimanjaro office, um, organizing trainings across northern Tanzania, which became all of Tanzania, um, eventually uh, began coordinating all of the program activities in East Africa uh, across Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, Burundi, and Zambia. Um, really great uh, experiences working with um, people all over the region, planting trees, doing training activities, um, and, and helping farmers uh, to 
plant trees and to, and to to do agriculture in a way that was different for them, but also one that was more sustainable uh, and more productive at the same time. Wow, absolutely. It's, I, I'm, I'm really sure I'm, you're enjoying with your background, with so much experience, and then contributing that experience to Trees for the Future, I'm sure is giving you quite a lot of um, uh, happiness as well while working over there. Um, absolutely, I, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I came back to the States um, in, in 2013, uh, and we were mm -hmm. opening up a monitoring and evaluation department at the organization. Uh, it's something I'm yeah. very interested in. Uh, I love data. I love numbers. I love uh, uh, geographic information systems. Uh, so this was a really good fit for me to actually start working with all of our programs around, around Sub-Saharan Africa um, to really closely monitor uh, and, and um uh, evaluate the impact of the work that we're having. Um, so it's been a very interesting uh, uh, five years, at least, um, of the M&E department, um, kind of producing these numbers and, and sharing it with the world. Well, absolutely. Uh, th those numbers are important as well for us to know, and I'm sure for your organization to evaluate the progress. Um, I know that you're not only, uh, Trees for the Future is not only planting trees, but are also supporting farmers with guiding them to utilize their land for proper farming, um, in which I came up with the term, I, I, I saw the term regenerative agriculture. So could you let us know what that is? Um, why do you think it is necessary to train farmers? And how do you see this method that can help their land thrive? Yeah, absolutely. Um, regenerative agriculture is a very important topic uh, to Trees for the Future uh, and to our participants as well, um, all around the world. Um, right now, um, farmers in developing countries are being told that they need to rely on chemical fertilizers, chemical herbicides and pesticides, all these inputs in order to farm, in order to get mm. these large short-term um, gains from their field. Uh, unfortunately, these chemical fertilizers are also degrading their soils at insane rates. Um, you can put these fertilizers onto your field this year, get um, get a decent amount of, of food from the yield. Um, however, mm -hmm. if you repeat this process five, ten years later, the land will be completely unproductive. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen it firsthand. We've heard stories uh, from all over about this happening. Um, Regenerative agriculture is a way to do farming um, yeah. that not only produces the, the crops that you need to survive in the marketplace and at home, uh, but also builds the strength of the soil and the ecosystem in which you're farming. Um, so this is a, a an much more sustainable way to produce food and to produce a living um, that will also uh, make the land more tenable for future generations as well. Right, right. Um, I, when I came for when I first saw from your website, and I, I was really surprised that you guys are not only planting trees, but also supporting farmers and their land and training them. It was really such a big interest for me. And I uh, thank you for sharing that term. I think it really helps us understand better. And uh, what what you guys are doing with and how you are supporting the farmers. Um, while when I was studying back in university, my professor addressed this question to the entire class, asking us, "What is the largest problem in the world? Name one factor that is causing climate change." And you know, 
all of our uh, the students' answers mainly came out was uh, oil spills, uh, pollutions from factories, pollutions from transportation, war, etc. And then my professor came out with the answer saying that food was the biggest cause that is actually, or one of the biggest causes that is actually uh, creating such a strong environmental climate change. And I've seen that Trees for the Future is also focusing on that same factor. So could you share your thought on that part? What do you think, um, uh, how is food related to um, su supporting the harmful effect on the climate change? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and all of your student colleagues were absolutely right. All of those do contribute um, to, to great amounts towards climate change. Um, but your professor nailed it. Um, uh, food, modern agriculture is the leading contributor to climate change. Uh, it produces right. um, a ridiculous amount of, of carbon and releases it into the atmosphere, um, both in inputs and the, the moving of produce uh, large distances to, to feed the world. Um, this is a, uh, an incredibly large um, uh, industry and a difficult a challenge to, to um, address, uh, but is one that uh, Trees of the Future has um, identified as um, a very important um, problem to, to fix here, uh, at least in the communities. Uh, acting, thinking globally and acting locally is a, a big theme uh, of our organization. Um, the In the developing world, in the, our context mm -hmm. of the developing world, um, the land degradation, like we spoke about earlier with, with chemical fertilizers and pesticides and herbicides, um, is leading to a lot of environmental degradation and um, monocropping, which leaves the land barren for months on end. Uh, the majority of the of the year, actually, um, a forest garden is able to um, cover that land with with perennial trees uh, that uh, will protect the soils and regenerate the the fortitude of the soils, um, and also uh, store carbon, take carbon from the atmosphere, sequester it in the biomass above ground and below ground in the root systems. Um, right. and also take out a large amount of the expenses that these farmers um, are, are, are expending every year. Um, these chemical fertilizers are not cheap. They're very expensive. Um, in some cases, they account for more money than the farmer is actually able to take in from the produce, um, where they're mm -hmm. actually operating at a net loss year over year. Um, so kind of transitioning from these expensive, damaging chemical fertilizers towards um, natural fertilizers in the form of uh, tree biomass um, and, and root systems that reintroduce nitrogen to the soil, um, we're actually able to address um, local uh, environmental degradation as well as lowering the expenses for farmers and increasing their yields. Right. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that explanation. I think Trees for the Future is doing amazing for how uh, food, how they can provide sustainability and sustainable process of producing food together with the farmers as well. Um, with the again with the World Environment Day coming up, how do you see the current situation of climate change, especially before and after the pandemic? That's a great question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's very interesting. Um, I yes. think that the pandemic obviously has had far-reaching effect on all of humanity. And we've all needed to make changes to our lives. Um, our economies have had to make drastic changes to the way that we operate. Um, but I believe that climate change is actually a, a much bigger threat to us. Um, 
it's kind of fallen by the wayside as far as the conversation goes because of the um, right. presence of, of the pandemic. Um, but climate change mm -hmm. is always in the background kind of looming. Uh, and I think if anything, the pandemic has kind of shown a light on um, the fragility of our systems and the yeah. need for change. Um, before the pandemic, there was a lot of talk about climate change and, and new green deals and the things that we need to do to to make this world habitable for future generations. Yeah. Um, I think that the pandemic has given us a pause to be able to kind of reset our mindsets and rethink the way we move forward after the pandemic, uh, whether these are through policies for the governments uh, or in the way that individuals um, choose to participate in economies and with, with different organizations. Absolutely. Um, I personally staying in Hong Kong, I'm not sure if you've been to Hong Kong before, but Hong Kong has a very strong pollution problem here with lots of transportations. And um, I, after the pandemic, because the world basically went to a pause where air, uh, air, air traffic was less, um, people were mainly working from home, the air quality has become so much better than before. And we, I, I'm sure that with this pandemic coming uh, to our attention and forcing us to think of better ways to make sure that our environment is protected as well, because that is one of the major reasons why um, why we need to take care of our in, uh, of our earth planet to make to preserve it for the future as well um and so coming up with knowing that it's 30 years anniversary of trees for the future congratulations for three decades continuously working hard and supporting what you believe in i know that trees for the future could have planted generically in any country but you guys specifically focused on africa and as well as especially working with farmers and helping them um, change their livelihoods and helping uh, helping them with with their economy as well. So how do you think, uh, how, what is the uh, experience throughout these 30 years personal, personally with yours or the organization? How do you see the change happening with the 30 years of Trees for the Future? Yeah, thank you. Um the so 30 years is, is quite a long time and we have as an organization made a lot of changes during that time um, even in the last 10 years that i've been associated with the organization there have been many many changes um, in 2010 when i began working with the organization um, we weren't just in africa we were in we were in sub-saharan africa we were in south america southeast asia um, and we were working on reforestation activities. We were working on agroforestry, livestock management, um, many, many different things. We were we were very wow. busy with a number of different uh, ranges of activities. Um, we have seen a lot of change since then. Um, yeah. Part of our activities in early 2010 um, was a bit of a pullback, kind of realizing that, hey, the actual one of the biggest impacts that we're having on people's lives um, isn't so much on on reforestation or, or um, replanting or planting trees to areas that were degraded, uh, but actually giving people more access to food through agroforestry mm -hmm. systems. So planting trees in order to get more food, more diverse food, more amounts of food. Um, this led to a, an examination of our practices, of our 
of our lessons learned uh, and the development of an approach that was novel at the time. It's called the forest garden approach. Um, right. This has allowed us to kind of restructure, rethink how we do things. Um, and while we pulled back to a number of key countries in uh, sub-Saharan Africa in order to really build the program uh, again from the ground up using the forest garden approach, um, we have great interest in, in, in um, reintroducing the program uh, to the different communities that we were working in before. Um, this has been so we've seen a shift in, in our in our um, approach and in the program that we're offering our participants. Um, this is also we've also seen changes in uh, technology in the organization. Um, mm -hmm. We are able to track our participants uh, participation throughout the project uh, using smartphones and uh, cloud-based databases, um, so we can evaluate their impact uh, more closely than we could have ever before. Um, and when this also allows us to scale more efficiently as well. Um, we are doubling our program every year, uh, increasing the number of projects that we have and the number of participants we have uh, by a factor of two every year. Um, again, kind of harkening back to the need to kind of expand back to these countries and, and reopen countries uh, that we were working before uh, because right. we, we have such a high demand uh, and we, um, are, are needing to kind of reach out to, to broader audiences now, once again. Um, we are also, speaking of technology, we're also, um, last year we launched our Forest Garden Training Center, um, an online platform where people can uh, log in anywhere in the world, uh, whether you're mm -hmm. on your smartphone or your tablet or your computer, um, and learn about the Forest Garden approach. You can um, uh, take courses uh, and, and uh, sit an exam, and if you pass, then you're a certified forest gardener. Uh, with more access to our app to organize community members uh, in your area uh, to start forest gardens and participate uh, in in our work digitally and on the ground in person. Oh, that's that's amazing. That's that's great that somebody can also not only. Um, for example, volunteer, but they can practice themselves probably with their own uh, backyard garden, do some gardening, uh, of course, getting the right courses as well for that, because I'm sure farming, there's so much to know about farming than just putting a seed in the soil and putting, taking care of it with, with watering. I'm sure there's so much more to learn in terms of farming personally. Yes, you, you got the basics down, though. It's a very good start. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. So, yes, um, coming up to my individual, I wanted to know more on the individual level of what each person can do to be a part of um, to be a part of uh, protecting and preserving our environment. When when days like this comes, Earth Day or Envi World Environment Day, I'm sure people will start thinking about evaluating their own behaviors and how uh, they what they could do, what they have done to um, be a part of a change. And uh, personally, I would have questions like, how many trees do you think would be needed to compensate my own carbon footprint or for my entire life cycle. So is there such numbers that we could we could think of, or is there such numbers that has been uh, given by researchers uh, or by Trees for the Future if you have done some kind of research on this? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of great questions in there. Um, so for what an individual can do uh, to, to combat climate change, participate in, 
in this holiday coming up, um, we can uh, obviously plant trees. Like you said, it's a great way to do it. It's probably the, the simplest and, and most effective way of, of combating climate change and lowering the amount of CO2 in the air, the amount of carbon in the air. Um, yeah. In order to, so if we want to say, you know, how many trees do we need to plant in order to offset my, my carbon activities for my lifetime? It's, it's difficult to say because um, the, the average person in the world, it, it's, I mean, one could say there is no average person in the world. Everyone has different experiences. Everyone has different activities, which uh, might increase yeah. or decrease uh, the amount of carbon being produced. Um, so yeah. everyone, I think, needs to kind of look internally and assess what their activities are. And from that, you can draw um, a conclusion as to what actions need to be taken in order to offset uh, your lifestyle. Um, there is a... Uh, trees for the Future Carbon Calculator available on our website. Uh, if you can just Google Trees for the Future Carbon Calculator and get a link right to it, um, you can enter in all the information about your activities for the year, um, whether that's driving or working or or taking the commuter bus or, or subway to, to work, um, plane flights, um, even energy consumption at home. You can enter all this information onto this calculator and it will produce a figure that you can use um, to say, oh, well, I guess I need to plant uh, this many trees in order to offset my carbon for this year. And and how can somebody, what would be the next step? So for example, I understand that, for example, I need to plant, let's say 25 trees for my year's uh, carbon footprint to compensate that. So how can a person actually do the next step? Absolutely. Um, one way to do it would be to actively go out there and plant those trees. Um, you can use mm -hmm. the Forest Garden Training Center app to, to get the knowledge on how to start a nursery in your home or your community and how to outplant those trees uh, into an area. Um, not everyone yeah. has access to, to land in order to do this. Um, so yeah. you can support tree planting organizations like Trees for the Future. Um, so we, to allow us to get out to these areas and, and work with others to plant those trees for you. Uh, we're more than happy to do that. Um, also, another thing that you can do is, you know, be knowledgeable consumers. Uh, support companies that value sustainability or have reforestation efforts. Um, and and if your favorite organization uh, does not have that, um, you can always, in the age of Twitter, you can always probably ring up the CEO pretty easily and, and yes. let them know that that's very valuable to you. That's, I mean, consumers to need to be conscious about what they're buying to so, to make sure that the companies would follow this kind of sustainability trend as well. It's not only about purchasing, but also supporting the environment at the same time. And I strongly believe that organizations should, import, should impl implement sustainability in their supply chain to make sure that at least even in some way they can do some kind of support to the environment and to make sure that they're some part of the organization is sustainable. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. It's been such a pleasure, to pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you so much for joining early this early in the morning in Ireland. And oh, uh, I hope- It's my pleasure, yeah. Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And I hope to, well, have another chat with you soon. Sounds great, thanks. Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed this conversation. We can all play an important part to support this planet in our own ways. If you'd like to know more about Trees for the Future and their work, visit www.trees.org. 
As said before, Smiling Rocks contributes to communities with your choice of charity. If you wish to purchase a beautiful Labgon Diamond jewelry from us, you can choose to support the environment sector before you check out, and we will donate 10% to our charity partners. It's been great talking to you, and let us know what you think about this podcast by giving us your feedback. Do let us know what you think about today's episode. Subscribe to Talk to Tell for, to find out about our upcoming episodes as soon as they are aired on the channel. Uh, we will share our next guest very soon on our social media platform at smilingrocks.co. If you haven't followed it, follow now to get more news and to know more about our brand. Keep smiling as you know, Smiling Rocks. Bye for now.